Hello, everyone. What a wonderful day to be alive in Christ on a Thursday. And we are connected and ready to go. Wake up and enjoy the benefits of life. Benefits of life. Wow. Think about it for a moment. We have been chosen by our Heavenly Father to be in this juncture, junction, juncture, whatever, whatever that fits somewhere in there, this section of time. He put us here and he gave us gifts to, to not only survive, but ex excel and succeed to fulfill well, why we were called to this earth. Nothing happens by coincidence or, you know, helder skelder, just cast it out. God specifically plants us where we belong. Well, I tell you, if we understand that, live it and believe it, then we embrace every day as a gift. Every day becomes a treasure. What is this day going to bring forth? What does God have me to learn today? What am I going to experience that is going to be part of the joy of living, part of the benefit of learning and giving? <laughs> okay. If you haven't discovered yet, I'm George Watkins. I'm here every morning. If you're new to our broadcast, thank you for coming by. Join us each day as we journey together in our discovery of the fathomless depths of God's love. Amen. Well, today's tagline or subject is the in-between times. And I'm referring, I'm referring to the times when the party's over and all the crowd is gone, the church service is over, the convention is over, the camp meeting's over, and I've got to go back to my little home or my little town. I've got to leave the big city. All the excitement's gone. Now what? <laughs> That's a snapshot of what the Christian life <clears throat> is really like. We have our high points when our physical body is charged. Our spiritual life seems to be going full blast. We're having visions and dreams and angel visitations and prophecies. And then suddenly it seems like someone unplugged the speaker. We can't hear nothing. Now, what do you do? What do you do when it seems like that? Now, let me, let me just remind you. I had that experience. I have, I've had a lot of those. I was in one of those. And I happened to have a, a time of uh, interaction with Bob Mumford. Now, Bob Mumford was a huge voice in the charismatic movement back in the 70s and 80s. Oh, probably longer than that, but that was my experience. And I sat with him one day as a young pastor. And he said, George, and he drew me a little stick man. He said, I want to show you, I want to tell you that there's times when you feel like you're right up against the bosom of Christ. He said, and then 
it seems like he holds you away from himself, but you're never out of his hands. I've carried that visual and mental picture with me through some of the times when it seemed like I was not hearing. Seems like there was nothing moving. Where is the night visions? Where is the, uh, the, you know, the serious prayer times and the prophecies? And where are the, um, you know, the popularity that it seemed like we have at times? But I always remembered the voice of Bob Mumford saying, George, it may, you may feel like you're away from him, but you're never out of his hands. Now, the in-between times are when, re, when our real maturity begins to take hold. I tell you, um, when a party is going on, they, they call them party crashers. Someone plans it. Someone puts it together. Someone pays for it. Someone brings, uh, you know, the food and all the soda pop you can drink. But there's party crashers that just join and sneak in or they come because there's, you know, there was noise there. They enjoy all that goes on, but they didn't pay for it. They didn't earn it. They didn't have anything to do with it being in existence. Well, those types of people, when the party is over, they don't know what to do. But I tell you this, it's in between the time. I'm referring to a party as that euphoric time in the early days when you're first born again, or the times when the great revival comes to your church, or the special speaker holds a two-week meeting, and it seems like everybody's pumped. But then you go home, and you're alone, or at least you're back in your circumstances, and you say, where is the God of Elijah? <laughs> you know What happened to all the power? How come I'm not seeing results? It's in those times that you grow and mature the greatest. Now, Ephesians 6 and 14, this is, a, this is the one with the, with the armor. He says in, in 13, therefore put on the God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all the crises demands to stand, <clears throat> to stand firmly in your place. There's something what I'm referring to is this as the in-between times when, when all the excitement's gone, but you have now, you're going to prove yourself, or at least you're going to prove the, 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 the grace of God. Remember, grace is the enabling power of God to take you to your target and to your destination and to get you into your purpose. So the grace of God then, as we stand, and he says in that next verse, Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. In those exciting times, you learn things, you hear things, you have you hear sermons, you read, you know, you read books, you read scriptures, you hear God speak to you in prayer and meditation. Something comes in, but then when it seems like nothing's happening, it's when you take a hold of those prophecies and those verses and those uh, encounters with God and you maul them over. You chew the cud, as we say with a cow. The cow goes out and, you know, grazes in the field. And then when the sun gets hot, they go over a shade tree and they 
chew the cud. They regurgitate it from one stomach into the second stomach and they chew it again. Well, some of our greatest revelation comes out of, <laughs> this farmer talk today, comes out of chewing the cud, meditating upon what God has taught you, what God has said to you in a prophecy or a great sermon you heard or a great sermon you preach, some of you preachers. You need to go over your notes. God gave you things you've forgotten. You know why I know that? <laughs> Whoa, I've forgotten more revelation than I've ever remembered. And the notes and some of the some of the spirit of remembrance comes. Oh, yes, God, you told me that when I was preaching, you know, four or five years ago. And it just sing right by me. Meditate upon the things that you have captured. In the hot times, in the power times, we used to have Sundays in a, in the church, and they would the people would refer to that. That was a power Sunday. Know what that mean? We were on the floor. People got healed. I preached a great sermon. Whatever they whatever they thought it was, they called it a power Sunday. Now the rest of the Sundays were the in between Sundays. You, you know, you came and you and you enjoyed something okay move along all right now listen it's those in between times when you capture and chew that and meditate upon it and god does something for you and it's that 14th verse of ephesians 6 stand therefore hold your ground having tightened the belt of truth around your loins what god has spoken to you tighten it cinch it up again, remember it. My first prophecy that I remember, I was 12. Dad found a prophet. Our leaders in our small little Pentecostal fellowship told us they were all dead. <laughs> There's no prophets in the land today, folks. Dad found a couple of prophets and they prophesied over me and said, you're going to go to the nations. You're going to step on the shore of the nations like uh, MacArthur stepped on the shore of of the Philippines. And he said, I'm back. He came back to rescue those people. Now, 20 years later, it was 20 years thereabouts. If you don't count Canada, <laughs> I was into Canada when I was younger than that, but the foreign fields. And it was 20 years before that prophecy be began to be fulfilled, but I chewed on it. I meditated upon it. And it kept me in the tough times when the wind blew on me, you know, and as a teenager, and I was tempted to drift away into the foolishness of teenage and, and youthful foolishness. But that prophecy held me strong because I stood, I sensed truth around me because prophecy, when it witnesses, is a is a spiritual truth that penetrates your soul and your spirit, man, and it'll anchor you on your focus. Amen. Scriptures do the same thing, not, not just emphasizing prophecy by itself, but scripture is a prophetic word to you when it leaps out of you, out at you. The, the word of God can become alive when the Holy Spirit just throws it in your face and you say, whoa, oh, oh, that's mine. I'm taking that one today. Now, listen, it's the in-between times when you hear the voice of the Lord whisper in the quiet. 
Remember the prophet in the Old Testament? He's seeking the Lord. He wants an answer. <laughs> the wind came, the you know, the storm, the mountain shook. None of it was God's voice until he heard the still small voice. So it's in the quiet times when the party's over and the revival is kind of, you know, settled a little bit. And all the people that are, were around you have gone to their own homes. When the whisper comes and the Spirit of God says something to you that changes your life forever. It's a marvelous thing. All right. Now, listen, and this is good. Ephesians 6, 13 and 14 is the armament that we put on. The shield, the helmet, the sword, the feet prepared and all that. But he said this, stand therefore, after you have done all of these things, stand therefore having your loins girded with truth. We've been really going over a couple of thoughts over and over these last few months. We're talking about fellowship, face-to-face, one-on-one with God. We're talking about God's love. And we're talking about righteousness. You and I have been made righteous. That's truth. I need to have that girded tight, tied tight around me. Cinch the belt up a little tighter so it doesn't slip. Why? Because those are the things that will try to be eroded and the enemy will push on those things, trying to speak to you about your greatest strengths. Now, when, when that um, spiritual being come in, came to Eve in the garden, it wasn't a snake, by the way. <laughs> Dig into that a little bit. It wasn't a snake. <clears throat> they call it a serpent, but biblical translations talks about it being a spirit being and it was one of the it was one of the uh, uh, high-ranking angelic uh, spirits they ca- he came to tempt them in their greatest strength and that was disobeying God as long as they obeyed God they had everything ahead of them as planned as long as they obeyed God. Now, you understand, God made both angels and men, both non-humans and humans, both of them had the ability to disobey God. Self-will or, or the, the independent decision-making, that's the, you know, the will we have, self-will, is the, is the thing that makes it real for us to worship God. If we didn't have the ability to choose, then worshiping God would be rope. We'd just be robots, wouldn't we? Wouldn't mean anything. And it's the same with angels. The angels are not programmed just to be robots. They have self-will. Now, you'll see that in the book of Genesis where there were some of those angelic beings disobeyed, didn't they? And came down to earth and produced giants. And there were a slice of angels, about a third of them, they say, that disobeyed and followed, you know, Lucifer off. So it was that area of disobedience, the greatest strength they had, the greatest 
power they had in their hands, he tempted them in it. And it was over that uh, <clears throat> tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, well, I've sliced, I've slid off onto another subject that I don't want to go there right now, <laughs> which I already have. I encourage you today in your in-between times to enjoy the Lord. Take a break in your activity, meditate some, do some ruminating and some cud chewing. Get some of those prophecies out, some of those tapes or uh, tapes. Boy, I'm an old school guy. Some of those, uh, what would they be? Flash drives now, I suppose, or however you contain some of those prophecies on your phone. Now it is. Everybody has a recorder. It's It's interesting. When I prophesy over people, everybody gets out their phone, wants me to speak into it. <laughs> what a day we live in. Okay. Well, Father, I thank you for the sovereign act of the Holy Ghost that brings us together on each of these broadcasts. And those that tune in, both, <clears throat> both current and future, as they tune it in the day, a week, or a year later, Lord, the anointing of the Lord will penetrate their spirits and lift them into a new place. I believe it with all my heart. Okay. Thank you for joining me. Don't forget to uh, do all the things that help us along the way with subscribing, liking our Facebook, and and giving us a thumbs up or a comment. And share this with someone. Thank you so much. I have no way at all to know how many people really listen and take in these uh, these broadcasts because many of you share this, and it goes to your friends and um, there's no way of tallying that up. I just know that God has a purpose in it. All right. If God's nudging you to send us a gift, you do it through PayPal below, or the address is there also. Thanks for joining. Hey, we're going to look for you in the morning, bright and early. See you then. God bless.